okay, all right, all right. Well, last one, because I, I had to find out. Nine months ago, someone preached for 58 minutes, an hour, an hour. I don't know. You got, whoever was in nursery, I, I feel for you. And so I'm not going to mention Pastor Eric Moomba's name. One hour. Okay. Oh, Proverbs 3, verse 35. Let's get into the word of God this evening. Proverbs 3, 35. All right. Let's, um, I'm going to send you guys home in a good time. This is what the Bible says. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy, the inheritance the reward of fools. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wise shall inherit glory. Most Bible teaching, most good, sincere, people-loving pastors, when they preach, that verse there, that's everything that they want to communicate. They're trying to get you and I to, to, to think more than just today, tomorrow, next week, but 50 years from now. Even more than that, 150 years from now, if you can think like that, this is, this is what the Bible, this is what most people are trying to preach and, and help you with, that if you are wise, if you think before you leap, think before you speak, you're going to inherit glory. There's going to be a good reward for a life well lived, but if you act the fool then all you would get is shame. Uh, we don't want to live a life where we look back and we're just filled with regret and shame. And that's all we've, we've, we've inherited. That's all we've got. We want our lives to mean something, to have impact, to change the lives of people around us. And this is what God is trying to teach us. And this is what we're going to explore today. We don't want you to make the mistake of making short-term decisions that have long-term consequences. God says the man who disregards forethought is a fool and his legacy is shame so when you see in, in in the bible when you see the word fool it's not the same as we say it today you know that if someone says yeah you're a fool man you're you're ready to scrap like you're ready to fight because that word feels you know it, it hurts it feels it, it means something it's 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 a uh, it's derogatory but in the bible it has so many different flavors you know how we say the word love you've got agape you've got all of this the, the word fool is exactly the same let me give you an idea when you read the word the book of proverbs and you have the word fool over again it means different things you have to look at the context in in one regards it means being vulnerable or naive when someone lacks discernment, when they're immature or they're gullible or they're curious without caution, you know how kids are, they're just like, oh, what does this plug socket do? And they're sticking things in there. The Bible says that's foolish. You're, you're being vulnerable. You're not thinking it through. There are wolves out there in the world that will leap upon vulnerable people. It's very interesting to me that certain men know, how, they walk into a room and they know who, can, who they can mess around with and who they can't. They can smell vulnerability. And, and this is what the Bible is trying to help us. Don't be, don't have an oversimplified view of life don't fail to recognize cause and effect look at proverbs 22 verse 3 the prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions the simpleton or the fool goes blindly on and suffers the consequences this is the vulnerable this is the gullible if you are a prudent person if you're a wise person before you go forward you're thinking about the consequences you're scratching your head and wondering how is this going to work out and then you make a decision based on that but the gullible people oh okay let's just go and they just walk right off a cliff the other uh, uh, definition is the arrogant or the prideful you know that there's a way that seems right 
to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Uh, you know, when the Bible says you're a fool if your way is the only way that you, you accept. You can't take correction, you can't take advice, you can't take criticism, my way or the highway. The Bible says that, that is foolish. Life is filled with blind spots. Life is filled with, with things we can't really see. And it takes a wise person to get advice from people around them so they can see better. Arrogance, stubbornness and pride is foolish. And then lastly, it really speaks about the rebel or the unreasonable person this is more, you know, you know, some people are sincerely wrong. Like, I really believe that my way is the right way. And they really believe that. They're just sincere. But there are other people, they know what they're doing is wrong, but they don't care. The Bible says, you idiot. You're foolish. You're determined to make the wrong decisions, even in the light of good instruction and good wisdom. You, they purposely choose evil or entice others to do the same. You know, then you have people who are just plain dumb, but that's another <laughs> sermon for another. So, so this is what God is saying. Foolishness leaves behind a legacy of shame. That's all it does. And, and I don't want anyone here to have a legacy of shame. So we're going to explore what God says about foolishness for three different types of people, maybe four, and then we'll pray. Number one, the hustler. The hustler. Luke 12, verse 16 to 21. This is Jesus telling them a parable. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you're prepared, whose shall they be? Verse 21, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This is the hustler. God said to the hustler, you're a fool and we have to find out why. There was absolutely nothing wrong with anything that he did in that text that we read. He was a prudent man. In other words, he knew how to hustle in life. He would, uh, 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 you know, just, just imagine what it was like for him growing up. He's gone to school. Uh, he's learned uh, business. He's gone out into the world and he's applying everything that he's learned in business. He's, he's trading uh, seed with one farmer for another and making double the profit. And he's seeing how it's working. And now he's got bonds. And he, he thinks, of, I can't do this by myself. So he has to hire people and he has to sit down and interview them. I, I can't trust this one. I can't trust this one. He's engaging people skills, managerial skills. Now he has to pay the people to work for him. So he's, he's good with money and, and accounting. He's breaking down his profits, what he can spend, what he can't spend. And he's projecting into the future. If I keep going like this, I can see the trajectory of my resources means I'm, I can't, uh, I'm going to have to build another barn. And so this man is a prudent man. If he was on your team, you'd be a blessed man. 
plan. If he came to this church, he'll be thinking ahead how we can expand. You had so many people this morning. It's incredible. I've never seen the church like this before. Sooner or later, you're going to need a bigger building or double services because God is blessing this church. They're seeing into the future and that is a good thing. This man has some hustle in him. Would to God that every man and every woman would have some hustle in them. They would know how to navigate this world that we're living in and this man, you look at his life and you commend him. Man, you, you're so smart. Uh, can, can you teach me? You want to spend an hour with him privately and pick his brain and write down some notes. This is who he was and so why did God call him a fool? You may have heard it's because he spent money on himself and the assumption is he never gave to God. But the text says he was not rich towards God. And the language that was being used there in the original language, it simply means this, he did not use the same hustle for his private life for his relationship with God. And the Bible says that is foolish. If you know in life how to hustle, you know, you know, there's some people before you were saved, you could wake someone up at one in the morning in their pajamas and convince them to go to the nightclub. You had some hustle. You, you knew how to speak. Oh, come out, man. No, I'm, I'm tired. No, 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 no. This one's going to be fire. And, 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 and there's some FOMO start building up in them. I'm outside your house right now. Right now. Come, come, bro. Come, bro. And people come out of their houses, uh, just been sleeping because you know how to hustle. Now the Bible is saying, now that you're saved, where's that energy in the kingdom? You know what? Let's not even put the kingdom aside because that's like things to do. Where's that energy with your relationship with God? The Bible says he was not rich in his relationship with Yahweh, his relationship with the divine one, his relationship with Jesus, the Savior. It said if you are able to hustle in the world and do so well for yourself, use the same hustle to bless your relationship with God. There's nothing wrong with a pension plan or anything like this, but the problem is he used his skills only for himself. Think about it this way. When someone shows resourcefulness and puts in a lot of energy in being successful in this world, but doesn't have the same energy to work on their relationship with the God, that person is a fool. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2. Since you have become alive again, so to speak, when Christ arose from the dead, now set your sights on the rich treasures and the joys of heaven which sit where he sits beside God in a place of honor and power let heaven Feel your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about the things down here. Did you hear what the Bible said? It said, fix your mind, not just on the things on this earth, but go way beyond that. Now, if you're a hustler, you're running your own business, you know how to hustle. Listen, do that with all the best ability you have and then pass the bat on, on to your children or to someone else. Because Jesus may come back any minute, but he may come back in 200 years. And so we need people in certain areas of business. We need people to hustle but listen if you've got that in you use it to build up your relationship you know there are people that would wake up at three in the morning to do a business deal but won't wake up at seven to pray oh it's not it's my lion day oh folks that is foolish God put that in you to bless you but to use that same energy to bless him and, and that that the hustler can be a fool secondly the hider everyone say hider sounds real weird when you say it Proverbs 10 verse 18, listen to what the Bible says. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever utters slander is a fool. There's a principle there. 
So we're not going to dwell on uh, 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 slander and lying lips, but, but it's what the Bible is saying here behind the scenes. If you conceal, you're hiding your, your hatred, uh, and you, you, you have lying lips. This is speaking about someone who hates someone. Let's just say in, in, a, in a different church, because I know it doesn't happen in this church, but in a different church, he, she, she hates that sister, he hates that brother, but when they come to church, it's like, hey, brother, how you, hey, how you doing? It's, how's your weekend? But all in the wild in the heart you sat on my seat last week sunday i'm gonna come for you you ate the last slice of, of, of a red velvet cake just before i grab and, and so and so this is that that's foolish because you are hiding what you really feel it said that those are lying lips and if you slander it's foolish so what is it what's the principle here you you and i can't hide anything from god that's the principle it's incredible to me how many Christians do a whole heap of madness behind the scenes and they seriously in their minds believe if pastor can't see it, if my friends can't see it, if the Bible study leader can't see it, if other Christians can't see it, then God can't see it. But I want to tell you now, God can see everything. And in my 10 years of ministry, I've seen it happen where God just uh, uh, through his grace, he gives people space and time. But once the time is hit, he says, okay, it's now time for me to expose some things and bring it out in the open because there is no hiding you can go into the depths of the ocean and scuba dive to send your hatred texts and tweets but God will see that you can fly to the moon and whisper to a rock how you really feel about your neighbor but God will see there's nowhere you and I can go where the eyes of the Lord are not there and so it is foolish to hide we can be successful in hiding our sin our our, our selfishness our self-conceit and all these kind of things even dare I say we can hide our suicidal thoughts we can hide our depression. We can hide the pills that we are taking, the alcohol that we are drinking. We can hide all of that. It's mask what's going on. But God sees. And so it's foolish to hide it. You might as well come to every altar you can and cry out to the Lord for mercy. You might as well just say, God, you know it. You saw it. Come and fill me with your grace and help me. Because that's exactly what God wants to do. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. When I know that the God is watching and that he sees everything, then I, the way I live my life begins to change. I'm like, okay, God sees, and so I, I need to, man, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep saying that. I can't keep going there. I just need to get my heart right because, because God sees, he sees, he sees. His eyes are open. He, he penetrates deep. He, my soul is laid bare and exposed before him. The Bible says that he can see in darkness just as well as we see in the light. There is no darkness where God is concerned, and so I might as well just go towards him and run with arms open wide and say, God, have me just the way I am clean me from the inside out because we are good at cleaning the outside but it's the inside that needs cleaning up can you say amen number three the haughty i i know that pastor jay hates alliterations so both services had alliterations i just want to uh, take the anyway let's go on everything starts with an h the haughty proverbs 28 verse 26 he that trusteth in his own heart is a idiot but whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. Ah, oh, brothers and sisters, don't trust your own heart. The heart means 
trusting your own wisdom, trusting your own advice, your own strength, your own sufficiency, your own merit, your own righteousness, your own ideas, your own perspective. Why would you place your trust in something that will deceive you and lie to you? The biggest person that's ever lied to me in my life and hurt me the most is me. I, I, I've, I've lied to myself more than anyone else. And it's interesting, I get vexed at you for lying to, uh, to me, but I don't get vexed at myself for lying to myself. And it's interesting, the human heart you can lie to yourself in such a way you don't even know you're lying to yourself you are self-deceived and you don't even know you're self-deceived this is how wicked the heart can be and yet i'm going to trust my heart it, it, it doesn't make any sense this is why the bible says he who trusts in his own heart is a fool trusting yourself leaves your heart vulnerable to error and regret you know sometimes the children and my wife um, I, I don't know, <laughs> they really do think that I can do anything. The, some of the requests that they ask me, I'm like, why are you asking me this? <laughs> the car could blow up, parts everywhere, and Effie would ring me and say, oh yeah, the car blew up, do you mind just running home and fixing it? I'm thinking, what in, who do you think that I am? What do you think I can do? I know nothing about, the, you know, I, I'll just pick up a wheel and just start running, going like I have no idea. And so in order for me to be able to fix some of the things that they're asking me to fix, I need to call someone that knows what they're doing. Sometimes, brother, and sisters when you are stuck in the middle of a rut and you don't know what to do don't trust your own heart call on Jesus because he knows what to do do not lean on your own understanding but run to the Lord and he will tell you you need to go left when you thought you needed to go right he'll tell you to forgive when you thought you needed to hold on in anger and in bitterness he'll tell you to let it go when you want revenge and God will speak to your heart and sometimes it may come across as counterintuitive but it is the best thing because overall he knows exactly what he's doing joseph was thrown in a pit but he remained humble he remained close to god his life was riddled with accusations and all sorts of mess you know he, he was in the right candidate to say god why is this happening in my life but he trusted in the lord god almighty the one that measures the entire universe in the span of his hands the bible says he says the earth is my footstool where we have the grand canyon and the and the rivers and lakes and mountains god says no no i just use that when i'm watching tv to press my feet upon it's nothing to god trust in him and he'll make your path very very clear you have to lean on him and trust in him and he will do great and wonderful things in your life it makes sense it's wise to trust god number four the heathen we're not going to park here too long because you wouldn't be here if you were number four but psalms 14 verse one the fool says in his heart there is no god did you, most of you probably didn't know this, but did you know that atheism is only around 300 years old? It really began to pick up traction around World War I because war can do that uh, uh, to, 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 to a country, to a nation. And so, uh, you know, it's, so it, it, before that, everyone believed in something. I want to read you what, uh, uh, this article about your brain. Listen to this. The human brain simultaneously processes an amazing amount of information. Your brain takes in all the colors and objects you see, the temperature around you, the pressure of your feet against the carpet, the sounds around you, the dryness of your mouth, even the texture of the things that are in your hand right now. Your brain holds uh, and processes all your emotions, thoughts, and memories. At the same time, your brain keeps track of the ongoing functions of your body, like your breathing pattern, eyelid movement, hunger, and the movement of the muscles in your hands. 
The human brain processes more than a million messages a second. Your brain weighs the importance of all of this data, filtering out the relatively unimportant. This screening function is what allows you to focus and operate effectively in your world. The brain functions differently than any other organ. There is an intelligence to it, the ability to reason, to produce feelings, to dream and plan, to take action and to relate to other people. And apparently it started with a monkey. <laughs> apparently this started with an explosion. Listen, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So let's close. 1 Corinthians 3.18 what kind of fool should you be? Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Investing in the kingdom of God is foolishness to those who are outside the kingdom. I guarantee there's at least one person in this room you've had to battle to come to evening service at some point because someone said you're going again. Amen. But you were there this morning. Yeah, we have two services, but you were already at church this morning. Why are you going back? It's just what we do. That's foolish. So what are you doing uh, this week? I'll be, I'll be at church on Wednesday. Ah, oh, come on. You're going to... So three times? You know, this person is probably goes once a year or twice, Easter, Christmas, because it's foolishness. Going out on outreach and handing out flyers. Have you ever had that conversation? What did you do this weekend? Oh, we went clubbing. We did this. We did that. Or what did you do? <laughs> man was out in the rain handing out flyers for a concert and only four people showed up you know what I mean like it's like what in the world the, to the world it seems foolish what you and I do and they look at that and the bible Paul is saying listen if it's foolishness to them then I'm a fool if, if, if me loving Jesus loving the things of the kingdom makes me a fool then amen man's a fool I don't care because there's a good type of fool to be is to be a fool for Christ and I want to explain to you and I pray that it goes deep into your soul what we really mean by this because there is a new world order coming I'm not talking about the World Economic Forum or Agenda 2030 and all that kind of stuff I'm talking about a real new world order kingdoms come and go we had the Babylonian Empire the Roman Empire all these empires they've come and gone did you know that America hasn't been around that long and they're on the same trajectory as the Roman Empire. America can fall and destroy itself. It is a kingdom that will come and go. But there is a new world order coming. And it is called the kingdom of God. Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to establish his kingdom here on earth. And that kingdom will never fall. It is an everlasting kingdom. It was established 222 years ago. And it is moving forward with a rage. There's only 2 billion people on earth that have never never heard of Jesus so we still have a lot of work to do but that means six billion we have heard about Jesus we have done a good work you, you, you don't feel guilty that you haven't flown all the way to Iraq and witnessed to two people and came back or you weren't a missionary the fact that you're here loving someone uh, ministry serving smiling here faithful every Sunday you are doing kingdom work God it will bless you because of that but there is a coming a king where he's going to come and he's going to begin to dish out his rewards and those who value the foolish things of the kingdom are going to be greatly rewarded. None of your efforts are in vain. If you've ever felt like, man, this is, 
I feel like I'm pushing forward and it's like four steps forward, six steps back. I, I, I've been praying to get filled with the Holy Ghost and nothing's happened. I've been contending and you, you just hear you're faithful, you're trying. The children, the money, the finances, everything, your world is spinning around you. Uh, God wants to say to you tonight, none of it was in vain. Some of you have cried for people that don't shed tears. Think about that. You're there crying for them and they're sleeping. You're awake up night and they're, 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 they're having a good old time. The Bible says, no, 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 it's not in vain. Because one day the king is coming and he's going to dish out his rewards. Uh, has anyone here, you've, we've all heard of Bitcoin. You know when Bitcoin started, it was in 2010 and everyone thought, foolishness. Digital money, some of you are like, mark of the beast, I'm not, I don't want nothing to do with it. That's exactly what the Antichrist is going to use. That's, that, that's what we, we were thinking. So, and so people dismissed it as foolish. I will invest my time and my money in other things, in real estate, in property. Bitcoin is, is for idiots, it's, for, it's foolishness. I want nothing to do with it. But a few people, just a few people, saw value in Bitcoin. I found a calculator online called the Regret Calculator. It, it's funny. And so it's purely designed for you to put in a, a, a figure of an amount that you could have invested in Bitcoin and how much you would have earned today in 2022. So I tried it. I put in seven pounds, so about $10. Bitcoin started in 2010. Click, enter. Then the numbers started rolling up. It was rolling through the years, 2011, 2012, 2013. And the figures were going up and down, up and down. It was rolling and I'm looking at it. And then I went away, I did some things, came back. I looked at it. Oh, okay, it's in the thousands now. We're on 2015. It keeps going up. By the time it reached July 2022, if I had put in, listen to me, 10 pounds, $10. So seven pounds into Bitcoin in 2010, I'd have $4 million today. I'd be a millionaire today. It was right when they said regret calculator. <laughs> that which was foolish to the majority of the world at that point is now reaping great rewards for people who took it seriously. I want to show you a video, if the, uh, the team can get it ready, of a young man who bought loads of bitcoins and then he forgot his password. And I want to sh you're going to see how much money he has waiting for him if he can just crack the password. Uh, have you got the video ready? It's a password worth hundreds of millions of dollars, a long complex string of random letters, numbers and symbols guarding the contents of an ultra secure thumb drive like this one. I tried to pick a very secure one because I was very concerned about losing those uh, those coins. For nearly a decade, Stefan Thomas has had more than 7,000 Bitcoin locked away in the device. These days, cashing out the stash of digital currency would pay out more than 260 million real dollars. Much, much, much more than it was worth when he first earned them. If Stefan could only remember his password. Just like lay in bed and come up with a new way to recover it and then wouldn't work and I would try another way and it wouldn't work either. He's already made eight failed attempts to unlock the drive. Now he only has two more tries to get it right or the device will self-delete, clearing all of its data forever, including the password that will unlock all those millions. It's not like I barely don't remember it. It's, it's, there's no chance of remembering something that complicated from 10 years ago. Because Bitcoin isn't represented by physical coins, it can't be held by a bank 
bank, meaning the military-grade drive is holding the only key to Stefan's digital fortune. Online, word of his password predicament has inspired some creative solutions, everything from hackers offering to crack the code to hypnosis. Is there at least maybe just the slightest bit of hope that you have buried somewhere in your head? Yeah, I mean, it, it, in some ways, like that hope makes it more difficult. Uh, There's more than $140 billion worth of Bitcoin stranded in digital wallets. The company that made the super secure flash drive tells us if Stefan can't figure out his password, well, there's nothing they can really do either. Back to you guys. Dude, I don't oh. care how much, I don't care <laughs> how much you made off verse 27. The son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father, and then he will repay each one according to what he has done. The wise man, the wise woman reads a text like that and says, I'm going to live my way in such a, I'm going to live my life in such a way that I don't forget the password. Do you know why he forgot the password and why there's a, a billion US dollars locked away in cryptocurrency? Because there's a few people out there who did not value what they had. If he, if he thought that this Bitcoin thing is serious, he would have written down that password somewhere, locked it away in his phone, uh, encrypted it in an email. He would have done something. But at some point, as he was buying, you know, he had 7,000 coins. As he was buying them, he didn't think, ah, it's not really worth anything. And the problem and the tragedy of Christianity, some people coming into the kingdom, and after a while, ah, what is this really worth? What is this really going to give me in my life? And then Jesus says, no, 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 when I come back, I'm going to reward you. And so when I said this to my church, it's like, okay, what does this mean, reward? What do I need to do to get a reward from Jesus? Does that mean every outreach, missionary teams, I need to go out and find some demons and cast them out. I need to do something for the kingdom of God. I found a text that tells us what we should be doing until Jesus comes back and what we'll be rewarded for. You're going to be shocked. Colossians 3 verse 18 to 25. This is the New Living Bible translation. Let's read it together. You wives... Submit your, to your husbands. Keep, keep, it on, keep it on the screen. That's, that's what God wants you to do. He's not complicating your life. Submit to your husbands, for that's what the Lord has planned for you. Husbands, be loving and kind to your wives. Don't be bitter towards your wife. Don't be harsh towards them. You children, obey your fathers and mothers. That's what pleases the Lord. Dads, don't tell off your children so much that they become discouraged and they, and they quit trying. Move on to the next one. Slaves must obey their earthly masters, not only trying to please them when they are watching you, but all the time. Obey them willingly because of your love for the Lord and because you want to please him as in God. So uh, if, we, if we modernize that, if you, if you work a job, a nine to five, listen to your boss. Don't, you know, if your break is an hour, don't do the hour 15 minute thing. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, just be a good worker. Have a good testimony because you're working for God. Work hard and cheerfully at all you do, just as though you were working for the Lord and not merely for your masters. Move on. Remembering that it is the Lord Christ who is going to pay you your reward for just those simple things of being good dads, good moms, good husbands, good wives, good workers, just living a normal Christian life, giving you your full portion of all he owns. This is an inheritance. He is the one you're really working for. And if you don't do your best for him, he will pay you in a way that you won't like, for he has no special favorites who can get away with shirking. You always want to end on, end on an encouragement, but, you know, just throw that in there. So, so, so what does this mean? It, it just means just love God, love people. And that is you remembering the password. 
because one day everything is going to make sense those who said ah oh, this is foolish they're going to be ashamed they're going to realize that i used my hustle for myself and it means nothing god says you fool today your soul is required from you i used uh, my uh, i was too prideful to change my ways and it just didn't work out for me i i was hard-headed i didn't believe that there was a god that existed and it goes on and on but for you for you and i where we are just coming to church serving in your ministries there's a visitor that comes in you give them a glass of water how are you and and they feel welcome and encouraged you had a a lady that came this morning and it was her third service i think today Uh, she had the the baby that was quiet the whole service impressed me all the way home and back and and so i spoke to her afterwards and she was like uh, uh you know she's you know how did you find out about the church and she mentioned uh, how she found out about the church and then uh, she, uh, you know you know how do you how you find in the church and she said this the people made me feel welcome if that was you you think jesus is going to forget that he's going to harp on about all your mistakes no 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 he's going to be like you know well done good and faithful servant you you were in that position for her for such a time as this and you did well You were going through it yourself, but you put that aside and you just ministered to someone. Listen, the fool has a legacy of shame, but the wise and the prudent inherit glory. Can you say amen? Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed.